Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons Podcast. I'm his son, Matthew, and we have been splitting up the sermons every other week at our house church that my wife and I host on our farm. If you're interested in joining us, check out WrightFarmHouseChurch.com. Enjoy today's lesson. Okay, so uh, in John chapter 18, starting in verse 33, it says, So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? So Jesus talks about a purpose that he was born for in verse 37 here. He came into the world for a purpose. And sometimes we say something like, I was born to do this. You know, or, or or this is the reason I'm here, and it's usually a hobby or it's or it's a career that we think really suits us. Uh, but when Jesus says that he was born for a purpose, he means that there was a choice made and a mission that his entire life was was geared toward. So why did Jesus come? It, it would be tragic for us, I think, to. To, to know the story of Jesus coming to earth, living as a man and, and dying for the sins of mankind, but not really know, not, not really know what that was all about. Um, so we could discuss why we think it is he came to earth or, or to, came to earth, or we could simply look at what Jesus actually said about himself in the Bible and, and his mission. And there are a number of statements um, Jesus makes that will not only clarify what his mission is, but they'll clarify what his mission is not. And they will also, these, these statements will also clarify what our mission is as we continue the work of Jesus since he's no longer here physically on earth. So the first one is, is that he came to fulfill the law. Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. A lot of of Jesus' statements in the Bible have a not but construction. I came not to abolish, but to fulfill. And that helps us to understand the point he is emphasizing. I didn't come for this reason. I, I really came to do this, right? So what Jesus is talking about here is, is how God deals with man. Uh, the law God uses to instruct man and govern man. Um, Jesus is referring to the law of Moses that existed from the time of Sinai uh, up to his day as, 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 a, as binding on the Jewish people. And Jesus says there's this word out that there's this word out there on the street maybe that maybe I came to abolish the law. Uh, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Maybe this was an accusation that, um, that came from the Pharisees 
um, who said, Jesus doesn't observe the Sabbath like we do. Um, Jesus eats with tax collectors and sinners. We don't do that. You know, Jesus doesn't wash his hands before he eats like good Jews do. And they might have said, um, he's not interested in the law. He's here to get rid of the law and to do his own thing. Jesus says, no, I came to fulfill the law, to do the things the law commands in perfect obedience and to complete the purpose and the goal of the law, specifically in the coming Messiah. I came to do all of that, Jesus says. Don't think that I'm somehow an adversary of the law. My ministry is, is going to be intimately tied to the law. And Jesus says, I came here to, for, for the purpose of fulfilling God's law. Secondly, he came to call sinners. Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 10 says, starting in verse 10, And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. The Pharisees here imply that it would only be appropriate for a rabbi to associate with people who were already righteous. That is their implication. But Jesus does not have that same vision. He says, I am like a doctor, uh, and, and you don't call a doctor unless unless there are sick people. You don't criticize a doctor for being around sick people. Um, you, you don't call a doctor when everybody's just fine, plain and dandy. I, I'm here because people are sick and, and I'm here to help. My mission is not to call righteous people. My mission is to deal with the very people that I'm eating with right here, to be with the rejects of this world, and, and the outcasts of Jewish society, um, and the people that you call sinners. I'm here to call them specifically to God and away from the way that they are, are currently living. This kind of work, it seems like it energizes Jesus throughout all these, all these stories, right? He gets excited about helping people, especially people who are not right with God. He gets excited about that, helping them come to, to know God and, and calling sinners to the Father. Thirdly, he came to bring a sword or, or division. Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 34, says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for, for my sake will find it. So, so here in this story, Jesus is sending out his disciples on what some people call the limited commission. Uh, it's a preaching tour that was just for the Jews. And he wants the disciples to be ready for what they're going to encounter on their mission. The nature, though, of Jesus' teaching would lead you, lead them to believe that everything is going to be peaceful, and, and that people are just going to respond really well to the message that they, that they were going to bring. Um, but one of the great ironies, even and especially today, is that the message of the Prince of Peace brings division. And, and that's what Jesus wants his people here to be prepared for. He says he has not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
um, a division. Jesus is not talking, of course, here about a literal sword. He, he's saying that his, his message will have an effect that will naturally divide true believers from the rest. His message brings a challenge to the world. Are you going to obey God or are you going to obey people? And this challenge was present in the Old Testament times as well. But, but Jesus' challenge, his sword was far sharper because, because of what he was doing. He was bringing God to earth into our homes. The fourth reason he came to, was to give his life a ransom. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 42, says, And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be, ser- must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In this packet, in this in this particular passage, he is correcting his disciples because of they were power grabbing in this story. They were wrestling about who would be the greatest, right? And, and and Jesus says, "That's the way Gentiles live, guys. They lord it over one another. It, it's all about power with them. That's the way godless people live. Is what he's telling them. He says that's not how you should live." Because Jesus' followers serve somebody different, right? Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Um, He came to give his life, not to be honored or not to be praised, not to boss people around. I think dad said something about that last week. He didn't come and boss people around. Ransom here is the idea of a payment made to set a slave free, okay? And Jesus says, I came to pay the ransom by giving my life. That's why I'm here. Next, he came to preach the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 42, it says, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. These people wanted him to stay. I mean, I would have. If Jesus came to me, right, they wanted him to stay in that place for a long time. But Jesus said, I have a mission that requires that I don't stay here. I've got other people to preach to as well. I'm not going to be distracted from preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus came to preach about what God was doing. The sixth reason he came was to seek and save the lost. Luke chapter 19, verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is here with the the chief tax collector Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus is... He is curious about Jesus, right? We know that we all know the story. Uh, And the people who see this... They seem to be somewhat okay with Jesus' rather strange teachings and the fact that they're, they call him a rabbi. But they can't seem to grasp why he would hang out with somebody like Zacchaeus. They just can't seem to grasp it. The verse before this, it says that they grumbled about him, right? They grumbled about the situation. But Jesus is there to encourage a response 
out of someone that, that others wouldn't even try to do, do so. And, and Zacchaeus is ready. And he says, I know I've done wrong. And I'm going to make it more than right. Zacchaeus wants to be right with God after this encounter with Jesus. And Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus, once again here, he seems excited, right? He seems excited to find another son of Abraham that will come to him, turn to him and find salvation. Next, he came to do the Father's will. John chapter 6, starting in verse 35, says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of, of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. In this story, Jesus is tangling with the Jews the day after he feeds the 5,000. And they all track him down because they want him to miraculously make them more bread. That's the story, right? And Jesus is trying to turn their attention back to spiritual things. And he says, I am the bread of life, right? Quit worrying about me making you bread. I, I'm the bread. Uh, I'm what you need, right? I'm here to do the Father's will and not my, and not my will. There's this constant effort in the Gospels to tempt Jesus into into using the authority that and the, and the power that he had for his own personal interests. You know the story, the devil tries to, to tempt him and says, if you're hungry and if, and if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread, right? Use that power for you. It's the temptation of, um, are you going to do God's will or if, are you going to do your own, your own will? Uh, it's Jesus' temptation of, I could just call, I could call those 12 legions of angels. And I could be done with this whole scene in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's the temptation. But Jesus says, I haven't come to use my power for me. He says, I'm here with authority to do what the Father directs, to do his will. Next, he came to give abundant life. John chapter 10, starting in verse 7, says, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and, and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Here Jesus, he, he is contrasting himself with the religious leaders uh, of, his, of his day. He says he is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd who will lay down his life and give his life for the sheep. He, and here he is talking about the difference between a thief and the shepherd. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He comes to, to see what he can get from the sheep. Um, he might be a leader. He might be a leader, but he leads for his, his own good and his own benefit. But Jesus says, I have come to give something to the sheep. Um, not take from or use or abuse them. I'm here to give life abundantly. The image that this passage gives us is a sheep having all he wants to eat in the fields during the day 
And then at night, he comes into the fold and he has safety in the fold. Jesus is here to give us that. The next thing is he came to save the world. John chapter 12, starting in verse 46, it says, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. So, all right, so Jesus says, I came not to judge, but to save. He, he came as light to make us aware and to, and to give us knowledge, right? Um, the scriptures equate darkness with ignorance, but Jesus came to shine a light of knowledge. He says, judgment is not the goal of my mission here. In, in John chapter 3, uh, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Condemn here in this in this passage is the same word as judge it goes on to say that he who has not believed is already condemned so this is important we don't need help being condemned right jesus didn't come to condemn us because we were already condemned without his coming if jesus never came to earth the problem would not be that nobody ever came to earth to condemn us the problem would be that nobody ever came to earth to save us Okay, there, there might be incidental, there might be some incidental condemnation and judgment by his coming, but that was, that was not why he came here. He came to save the world from that condemnation that was already upon us, okay? So back to our original passage. The tenth reason I have here is he came to bear witness to the truth. And, and back in the first passage that we read, um, Pilate is asking very personal questions of Jesus. He is specifically curious about this kingdom of Jesus um, because that's the accusation that Pilate has heard, that Jesus is this king of the Jews, okay? John chapter 18, starting in verse 36 again. We'll read it again. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? So Pilate is asking, he's asking because this king thing would be, that would be a problem for him, for Pilate. Pilate is interested politically in whether or not Jesus is going around calling himself the king. And Jesus says, I'm not that kind of king that you're worried about. My kingdom is not from this world. Um, but Pilate says, you, you did say you were a king, right? And Jesus, Jesus replies, this is why I'm here. My mission is to bear witness to the truth. Sometimes I think we can be like Pilate when, when we're frustrated with all the things that pass as truth or reality in our day and time. For all the noise and all the opinions we might just throw up our hands disgustedly and say, what is truth? Have you ever heard that? What really is truth with all that? But Jesus says, I came to dispel that problem so that you no longer have to wonder what truth really is. You don't have to follow down multiple roads of disappointment throughout your life, finding out uh, that, that what you thought was truth turned out to be a lie all along. You know, all these disappointments, all these roads that will follow down. Jesus says, I'm here to show you what's really true now and in the life to come. All right. 
So Jesus came to fulfill the law, to call sinners, to bring a sword or division, to give his life a ransom, to preach the kingdom of God, to seek and save the lost, to do the Father's will, to give abundant life, to save the world, and to bear witness of the truth. If we could summarize all of these ten, thing, ten reasons that he came to earth, if we could summarize them just into two really memorable, memorizable points, I'm actually going to have two and a half easy points to remember. The first is that Jesus came to teach. Fulfilling the law, preaching, bearing witness to truth, these all emphasize the idea that Jesus came to teach us. And the second is that Jesus came to save. Calling sinners, giving his life a ransom, seeking and saving the lost, doing the Father's will, giving abundant life. These all emphasize the idea that Jesus came to save us. But it's important to remember that if we focus solely on that Jesus came to save, we're missing something. And if we focus solely on that Jesus came to teach, we're also missing something, okay? Some people in the religious world, they focus almost all of their attention on the salvation that Jesus provides. And that's a wonderful thing that Jesus does in fact do, right? He does provide that, and I'm not disparaging that. That was a part of Jesus' mission. But when we focus all our attention on what Jesus did to save mankind and how Jesus offered himself as a ransom, what we end up doing often is neglecting the teaching of Jesus. Jesus had some things that he wanted us to do and he wanted us to be. Jesus is not satisfied with us staying where we are. Jesus did not preach a fast food gospel where we drive up and say, yes, may I have one salvation, please? You know, because by doing so, we abandon, we abandon the whole project. And, 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 uh, that is a huge part, I think, of the mission of Jesus that we would overlook if we just focused on salvation. His teaching is, in, is, it is intended to help me grow and, and become the kind of Christian who is remade and, and, con, and conformed to the image of God's Son. Um, it's important not to focus so much on the saving part that I neglect the teaching part. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Okay, remember that? On the flip side, especially in the academic world, the focus is on the teaching Jesus gives. The academics will say, oh, what a great ethical teacher Jesus was. Let's, let's discuss and challenge the ethics of the Sermon on the Mount until we're blue in the gills. Right? But by doing this, we neglect the reality that Jesus did more than to come and teach. His mission was not strictly teaching. When we neglect the saving work of Jesus... And the fact that he can transform lives and make us into people that are right with God, we've neglected a huge part of his role. We've, we've missed his mission. and We can't honor Jesus by studying his teaching, but then ignoring everything he taught about his own sacrifice. So the point is, the point I'm trying to make is we need a well-rounded view of our Lord. He came to teach and he came to save. And if we start neglecting or tipping in, in one direction or the other, then we're going to miss we're going to miss something important. Lastly, this is my half point. Lastly, something that doesn't really fit into the main mission that Jesus came to save and to teach is that he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. It isn't really the purpose or the mission here of Jesus. What it is, is an, it is an effect of his coming to earth. Okay? The effect of Jesus coming was to divide and to separate and to challenge. The division will be between the people who will accept the teaching, 
and the, and, the, and the sacrifice, okay, and the people who will not accept it. That's the effect. That will be a division point. We might go as far to say that if we neglect the teaching, even if we accept the sacrifice, that there is a division point there. Or if we accept the teaching, but we are never saved, then, then there is a division point there. What Jesus is focusing on is that each one of us has a choice to make. And it might look different from people that we truly care about. And we need to be prepared for it because, because it's that important to be prepared. We want to talk about why Jesus came because it not only teaches us about his mission, but it teaches us about how we continue his mission since he's no longer on earth with us. It's vitally important that we recalibrate our focus so that it is Jesus-focused. Jesus was concerned about people, right? He wanted to teach them and he wanted to save them. That means our job now is to teach them and to save them, to be others focused and not just focused on ourselves. Um, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give. And so we need, we need to have that same focus. Jesus said in the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, baptizing them, saving them, not on our own merits, not because we can do that, but because we're bringing them to the one who can save them and teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, it goes on to say. So when we teach someone and, and, we, and, and we bring them to the salvation that he offers through his resurrection, we continue the mission of Jesus. But we must also be prepared for the division that Jesus promised will come. When, when we choose to follow him completely and, and to continue the mission that he has commanded us to do. Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. God bless you and have a wonderful week.